Hello, everyone, and welcome to the second episode in the Accelerating Your Digital Journey and Commercial Lines Underwriting podcast series, hosted on Property Casualty 360 and presented by Verisk. I'm Jeffrey Metz. In this episode, we join Tracy Waller, Product Director for Small Commercial Underwriting at Verisk, as she talks with Nikki Howell on how automation is changing underwriting and may make a zero-questions-asked practice possible. Let's join them. Tracy, thanks so much for joining us today. How are you? I'm doing great. Thanks so much, Nikki. Great. Well, let's um, get right into questions here, starting with uh, market conditions. The small commercial market may have been one of the most impacted in the past year and a half. Can you tell us about the opportunities that exist in this market and also any trends or goals that are really driving the need for automated underwriting? Sure. Thanks, Nikki. And uh, I have to agree. I think it's been a pretty wild year and a half for small businesses in general. If you think about the changes that industries like the construction industry have gone through to those in the arts and entertainment industry and even restaurants, which uh, I think we all probably have a lot of experience with. It's been a pretty volatile year. I think one of the most impressive things that we've seen, though, is the growth and the resilience of small business owners. Um, You know, I think if you think of those whom we interact with on our own, on a daily basis, as well as from a risk perspective, I think that what small businesses have been able to do to pivot to the changes that are needed in this market has just been really impressive. And what that translates to from an insurance perspective is really continuous growth in this market, even through difficult conditions and a confidence in the small business market itself. Interestingly, in 2020, we actually saw an increase in the filing of new tax identification numbers for small businesses, which I thought was quite interesting. Um, You know, of course, some of this was um, forced. There were a lot of people who left their standard jobs and went into business for themselves. And there were um, many in the market who decided to take this opportunity to just start a business that they've always wanted to, whether it's their main business or even just a side hustle. What I think this means for trends in automation is an increase in the need for data and analytics in the direct market. The direct market has been a conversation for years in small commercial. I think we've seen a lot of slow increases in carriers and the way that they serve this market. And some carriers certainly excel here. But I think overall, in general, we've seen an increase there. But in the direct market, what this means for data and analytics is a very different expectation than what you might think of in the traditional insurance market. So, for example, we know that today, I think it's about 60 to 65 percent of small business owners are Gen X or millennials. This is a different demographic expectation. You know, today, many of us, we want to do everything on our phones, right? We want it to be as simple as an app and just a couple taps and be done. And I think that this type of thinking is driving market innovation as far as automation is concerned in insurance. Another trend that I've seen um, is that data and analytics are beginning to be deployed beyond just BOP and beyond point of quote and beyond claims. I think automation is really being implemented as a differentiator in the carrier market uh, because it really helps to ease that process. 
Also, when you're thinking about internal processes, there's also the external, right? Agents want to work with carriers who make it easy for them. They're under the same sets of pressure to move quickly uh, that carriers are, as well as insureds. I think a lot of this is driven by the manual process fatigue. You know, if we think about our general experience as humans in this world and the way that we interact with technology on a day-to-day basis, a standard old style application process of filling out, you know, 12 pages of questions and sending back a PDF really can stick out as archaic. So I think that's a lot of what's driving the need for that automated data and analytics approach. And there's, of course, profitability, right? So that's a lot of time to fill out a 12 page application, to go back and verify the information that's on that application, to ask additional follow up questions. And I I think a lot of the time it sticks out as maybe not the best way to serve a market that needs to move as quickly as small businesses do. So maybe I'd categorize that as possibly step one into better serving small businesses. I think incorporating data and analytics into an automated underwriting process makes it easier for them, whether it's through the agents or on their own, to help them be able to just focus on running their business, which is really what they want to focus on and what they should. And I think the last big trend that I've seen in terms of automation is a shift in thinking around data from quantity to quality, right? I think if we'd had this conversation even just four or five years ago, a lot of it would have been around um, how carriers are really just looking for as much data as possible, right? Some of the talk tracks that we heard were, give us all of your data, give us everything that you have. And I think there's been a realization that that is a lot of data. And I think the shift in focus has been from there to really quality and data that matters. I think there's been, in general, a decreasing tolerance uh, for noise when it comes to data and analytics and to really get at the insights that are hidden. You know, you don't necessarily need to look at several hundred data points. You really just need to look at the 50 that matter or the 20 that matter. And um, that, I think, is really some of the goals that have been driving this automation journey. All right. Very good. And I know one of the things that you talked about is just how time consuming it is to fill out long applications. And I'd love to dive into this concept about zero questions asked. Um, Tell me, how is this achieved and what are the most significant benefits of automated underwriting from an agent and also a customer perspective? Sure. So when we're talking about asking zero questions, I'll just detail that What we mean by this is being able to issue a bindable quote using just the insured's name and address. So, of course, it sounds quite straightforward, but as you noted, Nikki, there's a lot that goes into it behind the scenes. And I think the first piece of that could be having a holistic strategy for data and analytics. So I don't think that that means for most carriers or MGAs that you need to rip off the entire Band-Aid and automate 100% of your business all at once. But I do think it means ensuring that that journey from pre-fill to full automation is fully thought out and to really be able to think beyond pre-filling the application. I think that's where a lot of these conversations have started uh, when it comes to 
beginning to use data and analytics to reduce the number of application questions is literally many carriers saying, okay, I'm asking these 10 things. What data elements do you have that can map to these 10 questions? And that's certainly a starting point, but it's not the full story. And longer term, what it can translate to is putting new data on old thinking. So some of the things that we've seen be successful in the market in reducing underwriting questions, often to zero, is to really thinking about this in a couple of different ways. So there's certainly pricing and underwriting structured type of data. There's business firmographic data. What's the classification code? What are the hours that this business operates? When was this business established? There are the property characteristics, the, you know, your good standard COPE data. There's information like the public protection class. All of these things are critical to automating uh, policy underwriting and reducing application questions. But we also need insights that go beyond that if you truly want to ask zero questions. And to get here, what we found successful is looking into more unstructured data. Some of that can be, you know, pulling text analytics from things like social media reviews or looking at the images that an insured has on their website to help determine things like, you know, the construction workers are wearing safety equipment on the job sites. All of those things can help answer questions and reduce the amount of effort that goes into underwriting. And that's reduce it across the board, right? That's really the bottom line with a, a data strategy here it makes sense to design it with a focus on answers rather than on more questions. So the idea can be not to have the data raise a bunch more questions, you know, once you've served up all of this information, even if it's helped determine that a risk is better addressed by an underwriter than in straight through processing. But ideally that all of the information is there without having to repeat questions and go back and forth. It's that decision that we want to automate, not just the data feed. And I think what we've seen be successful is going beyond what you might think of as traditional data and into the insights that can be um, discovered by taking a more holistic approach. Great. And that kind of that segues nicely into our next question. You talked a little bit about this already, but um, just any other thoughts on how this helps better assess risk and more accurately price policies um, compared to the competitors? So sure, I think incorporating a holistic data and analytics strategy can really help in terms of competitive advantage. We know based on our own analysis that premium leakage is a significant issue in small commercial. Upwards of 50% of small commercial risks can be inaccurately classified on a policy. And that's at the two-digit NAICS level. So that means about 50% of the time, you could be getting even the industry that the insured is operating in incorrect. But there's a flip side to that as well. Retention risk is part of this equation. And we all know that it takes much more effort and it's much more difficult to bring on a new client than to keep an existing client. And this is really where understanding from a data and analytics perspective, what the holistic picture of an insured's operations and risk can be. It's about understanding those full exposures. So when you think about the picture of the risk, you know, you've got your straight data. Maybe it's corporate registration data. Maybe it's standard facts about the business. But when you want to go beyond and truly automate or truly understand the broader risk, that's when it can really be helpful to start looking at things like unstructured data. So if you think about, for example, an insured social media profile, 
it can be pretty common in the industry for an agent or an underwriter to go and look through various insured social media profiles to help make an assessment of the insured's operation and to understand things like, are the workers at their job sites, you know, um, wearing safety equipment, things like that. But these are also the types of things that when employed with quality as top of mind can be automated. So there's a, a real space here for AI and machine learning to be able to make these determinations on the fly at a high accuracy level. And this can, of course, reduce the amount of time that an underwriter has to spend doing it, but also introduce a level of standardization and consistency in the um, assessment of exposures. When all of this data is taken in all at once in a holistic manner, it can really cut down on the time, but also um, present the full picture in one shot and be able to accurately understand the level of exposure, the level of classification and the ancillary exposures that frankly an insured might not think of or an agent might not think of when they're filling out an application and present them in an automated way, really um, differentiating from the competition in that respect. That's great. And I love that you pointed out that consistency piece as well. Um, is that is that important also, um, just being consistent with how things are evaluated with being more accurate? I think that's a great question. And um, from our conversations with the industry, I do know that consistency is generally a goal. You know, you want to ensure that you're treating the risk similarly when it presents itself similarly. And we all have different backgrounds and different ways that we look at risk, right? And, and this can impact the analysis. You know, if I've had in the past uh, some um, specific experiences when it comes to, um, I don't know, OSHA violations, maybe I will put a, a heavier emphasis on something like that than someone who hasn't. So that type of consistency can be really important when it comes to understanding why certain risks are being treated in terms of eligibility or triage or even pricing. And I know that, uh, Generally, that can be a goal of carriers. But as you mentioned, Nikki, that quality has to be there. You need to be able to rely on the data to help with that analysis, particularly when you're looking at what might be some of the, um, I guess, more anecdotal analyses. So thinking about one of the things that I know is very important to carriers, which is understanding generally um, how a business is run. So that's something that can be quite subjective when you're talking about different people looking at sets of data. And if you're introducing a set of automation or some scores that can help quantify those um, characteristics, that can introduce a level of standardization and consistency that can be really desirable in this market. I know that we've talked a lot here about the advantages of um, automation, but I'm also wondering, are there any parts of underwriting that really should not be automated? And also, if you could just explain to our audience some of the challenges or exposures that manual underwriting can really bring to the process. Oh, sure. I think that's a really interesting question, first of all. So um, I also think it's really about appetite. I don't think that there's a hard and fast rule that something should or should not be automated. I think there's um, a little bit of an art there, and it's all about what is tolerable to a carrier. Um, I know, you know, in speaking with the market, there are some uh, who say, you know, we want to automate as much of our business as possible. 80 to 90% of what comes in, we don't want to have any manual touch points on it. And, and that's okay, you know, if that's uh, what the strategy is. I think it also highlights how important 
in the automation process uh, that the quality of the data that you're relying on has to be right because you're removing all of those touch points that might otherwise be there. And then there are some other carriers in the market who say, you know, we're going to automate everything except A, B, and C. And then others who might look at it and say, you know, we actually are um, only looking at automating certain aspects. And this is okay too. I think we see the gamut that's out there. And um, again, it's all dependent on what the carrier's appetite is for automation. One thing I think that is pretty important when you're considering the exposures that manual underwriting can bring is really the accuracy of data first and foremost, right? You know, I know that um, I type very quickly, but not very accurately. <laughs> um, I think that's probably a characteristic that others share as well. And being able to bring in, particularly if you're thinking about things like strings of NAICS codes and FEIN numbers, that's an exposure that can be introduced through manual keying and, and entry that an automation process can el help eliminate. I know that you talked about this a little bit earlier, the competitive advantage. I just wanted to dive a little bit deeper into that and see if there's anything else in relation to automated underwriting that you think really uh, gives that edge. Sure. I, I think this is a great question. And the first thing that comes to mind is that ease of doing business, right? We know from our market research that agents, while independent agents have access to so many carriers, they generally can tend to go back to the ones that make it the easiest for them to do business, right? The ones that will bring them back good, solid data are the ones that are going to get the business because agents are under the same pressure that carriers are today, right? It's a, it's a question of speed and being under that pressure to really bring on as much business as possible um, and, and keep the insureds uh, moving at the pace that they need to without having their insurance buying process tripping them up. One advantage that I'd like to highlight here, I think that doesn't get talked about a lot in the industry, is the advantage that automated underwriting might help carriers with in the talent war. We know that this is a really tough talent market right now, and the trend of expanding automation beyond small commercial pilot programs is something that we're beginning to see more and more of. It really seems that you know once a carrier or an MGA gets comfortable with having data and analytics as a regular part of their workflow, many of them start looking for ways to expand this beyond just the piece that they've piloted and perhaps uh, into some smaller middle market or into general middle market. And as this becomes more and more pervasive across uh, a company, it really helps to lift the general work experience of the underwriters and in turn can help make it more attractive to the talent market where it can really be a differentiating characteristics of the candidate's work experience and open up their career path as well as they're able to get working with data and analytics under their belt. There's also, of course, ratios and profitability, right? There's certainly an expense to incorporating data and analytics, but any strategy in this realm should include a solid ROI. There can be a lot of learnings and efficiency when it comes from a technical perspective. A lot of the bulk can be taken out of workflows. Um, they can be really really challenging to do this. But once the effort is put in, there's what we've seen at least is that um, carriers really take to this quite well, that, that streamlining of the workflow. Ideally, what 
many goals are to decrease acquisition costs of the customer overall. And as we talked about retention risk earlier, is decrease that risk of losing a desirable account, right? We know that small business insureds tend to stick with the carriers. I think it's something like only 4% year over year switch carriers. And it can certainly help to be able to right price those risks that are performing well when you've incorporated data and analytics, while also understanding what the additional risks are um, that the data is presenting in some other accounts. There's also the advantage of being able to help the un and underinsured market. You know, we know that somewhere around 40% of small businesses do not have insurance. There's an even larger segment that might be underinsured. You know, perhaps they think that their homeowner's policy is covering the business, or they just don't have a deep understanding of insurance products and um, are just buying what they think is the basics. I think there's a strong market play here for carriers who are successful in automation and can make it easier for those un and underinsureds uh, to get the coverage that they need. Some of this is rooted simply in an application fatigue, right? You know, again, talking about filling out a long application, there's a lot of small business insurers who drop off and come back to it later, or maybe don't come back to it later. By making this process a lot easier to buy insurance, I think it would help the insureds themselves to get the coverage that they need. And what we've heard in this market is that many or most small commercial strategies truly are focused on writing as much of this business as they can. It's just that question of speed and scale. And I think what we can see happening in the relatively near future is really a tipping point, right? And then a great divide between those who are successfully automating their books and those who are not. The experience in the insurance life cycle across the board is just so different between the two. And it can just be so much more attractive from an agent from an underwriting and from a small business insurer to move toward that automated process, particularly if it's presented seamlessly. I think when you really boil it down, it's about becoming that carrier of choice for businesses, for producers, and hopefully for employees as well. That concludes this episode of the Accelerating Your Digital Journey and Commercial Lines Underwriting podcast series hosted on Property Casualty 360 and presented by Verisk. I'm Jeffrey Metz. Thanks for listening. For the latest news and insights in the property and casualty insurance industry and other episodes in this series, go to www.propertycasualty360.com.